You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks, and I am your host, Rebecca Hayden. Journeying within can be a powerful way to begin or continue to heal and grow. To explore opportunities to do this with hypnosis, please email me at rebecca.hayden at gmail.com to arrange a free consultation. Or, if you're considering microdosing with the ayahuasca vine, please visit ayahuascamicrodosing.com and use the coupon code TALKS to receive a 10% discount on your order. Welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Today I have Rachel Phillips with us from ayahuascamicrodosing.com. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Rebecca. Thanks for joining us today. I'm so happy to be on the program. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for asking me. Of course. Well, I'm very excited about what we're talking about today. Obviously, at some point, we're going to um, discuss the whole idea of microdosing with ayahuasca, just the vine itself, right? Yes, I do not add DMT to it, because it's kind of pointless, because it's just a little bit of the vine. Yeah, so, and that's and this is legal this way, right? Right, right. It makes it legal that way. You say so <laughs> teaching part of the plant, um, without the visuals. <laughs> so um, we're definitely going to get into the story of how you were called to offer this kind of product and that this is your work now. Um, but obviously, uh, like most people that I bring on the show, we are very curious about um, how you came to discover ayahuasca and what was happening in your life before then and how it changed um, your life and and mostly we'll talk about the whole integrative process um, and I'm very excited to talk about it how it has been enhanced by working with the vine you know throughout that journey of course um, probably it's been a little over five years ago um, my daughter was having uh, issues with um, she had a baby and she was having issues with the baby's father and um so I invited my daughter to come live with me and my husband. Um, um, at our house, we had two extra bedrooms. And she says, no, mama, I can't. And I said, well, why not? And um, she had told me that her dad had molested her as a child from the age of four to 10. Uh, at the time she was, told me this, she was 22 years old. Um, I was in a total state of shock. Um, that probably had been the worst day of my life. Um, I went home and I immediately confronted him. Um, it was, um, I, I just knew, I knew it was true. Um, I got really sick after that and got sepsis. I think my body was just like in such a state of shock. It didn't know what to do. No doubt. Yeah. So I spent two months in the hospital trying to get better. And, and when I got out of the hospital, I had so much shame and so much guilt for not knowing to protect my child. I, I didn't know that I needed to protect her um, from her father. Right. Uh, I, I, that just did not make sense to me. Um, so then, um, so I spent a few months drinking, um, because I, I didn't know what else to do. Uh, eventually I went into like a rehab place and I had maybe like over a year clean and I'd run into, <laughs> another guy and um he was my karmic <laughs> he was a part of my awakening um i can i can appreciate it now um because um i'd spent the whole year just like abusing myself with drugs um and i knew that that was not working either um and then i had a dream and um it prompted me to leave that that situation I left in the beginning thinking that 
he would quit drugs with me. I didn't realize that I would find myself through the process and that what he did didn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I, um, I, I went to my psychiatrist and got back on my medications. And Was so I started antidepressants, antidepressants, PTSD, um, mm-hmm. medications. Um, so I got back on those medicines and then I was about nine months clean and I told the psychiatrist, uh, these medicines have never worked for me. I've been on medicine since I was 15 years old. Oh, medication. Yeah. Somehow, sometimes we, we call them medicines, but now, now that we know what really medicine is, right? <laughs> Uh, but you knew well enough. There was part of you that was still wide awake and aware and knew it wasn't working. Well, I knew this wasn't, this was not the medicine I needed. Yeah. <laughs> because it was medicine that would make me numb. And I knew that the emotions needed to come up to be felt. And I wasn't able to do that with the PTSD medicine, with the um, antidepressants. So I was in the psychiatrist's office and she said, well, because the PTSD medicine, um, they took away the nightmares, but they lowered my blood pressure so much that if I went to get up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom, I would pass out. Yeah. Um, And those were not side effects that, um, I, I was looking for, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't helping. It was helping the nightmares, but, um, I just couldn't take that risk. Um, so he said, well, we could put you on something else and, um, but your insurance won't cover it. And of course I was kind of (laughs) mad, but it got me motivated because I'm the only way I'm the only person that is going to be able to help myself. I can't look to doctors to help me. Right. And it's interesting that, you know, we're frustrated when things like that happen, but they're the very things that help us move forward. Those, those situations where nothing's working, you know? Right. Right. It got me motivated. So Google was my friend. (laughs) And um, I was listening to other people have stories of ayahuasca. Um, When I found those stories, I immediately started tapering my medicine. And I did it all all on my own because I did not want to go back to the psychiatrist and have him taper. I was like, well, I'm in this and I can do it myself. So Mm -hmm. I did it for about two months. And, and my thoughts were, um, I'm going to get off the medicine so I can go to a, an ayahuasca ceremony and then I'll get back on them. That was my thoughts because that's so interesting, isn't it? Because <laughs> most of us do this to get off of it for good, but you know, it, it's we all come at it from a different place, and then of course it changes us so completely. Yeah. <laughs> And then I went to my first two ceremonies in the United States. Um, in my first ceremony, um, I felt the unconditional love that God had for me that I had never experienced in my life. <laughs> um, that just, it gave me hope that I will recover. Um, it was, it was, a, it was a very good ceremony. Um, I, I didn't know what psychedelics were all about. I mean, I used plenty of drugs in my life, but I had never used psychedelics. Um, and so I was just exploring my subconscious mind, um, that first ceremony and it was totally beautiful. Um, and the second ceremony was 
was also beautiful as well. Um, and then I felt the calling to go to Peru. So uh, about four months later, I was able to go to Peru and I participated in three more ceremonies. And um, my last ceremony in Peru, um, I suggested that I start microdosing so that I could feel the love that the creator has for me. And um, so I did that, so that was the first year. Um, I just started taking care of myself and feeling that love. Um, and so that was your intention with the microdosing the first time that you did it. Right, it was just to totally, um, because I had- and it, and it was just with the vine. And it was just the vine, it was just the vine. And I started microdosing with the IO with Bob and Zana. Um, and it really opened up my heart and I was able to trust my intuition. Um, I've had really good like intuition all my life, but that was, but I was denying my intuition. Um, I was denying my intuition um, and making myself wrong when I, my intuition never, never was wrong. So I was mm -hmm. denying part of myself um, and so I, then I started trusting myself and that was Beautiful. really important because I couldn't, I couldn't trust other people because they had let me down so much. And when I started trusting myself, I mean, that's, that's just what I needed was to learn how to trust myself. And the that's, that's did a lesson that. for so many of us, you know? It's a, a continuing, enduring lesson. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so I kind of just like started microdosing. And then I said, um, I want you to bring this medicine to the people in the United States. And, um, and that's what I did. And about nine months later, I started my business with ayahuasca microdosing. And, um, uh, and I was still working my other job. Uh, in January, I got really sick and kind of brought up some more like <laughs> some more PTSD symptoms. And um, it was, um, I was just digging in deeper, digging in deeper. Sure. And um, so and I was kind of uh, stuck to the house for a while because I had to, I was on a wound vac because I had surgery, stomach surgery. And I had kept giving me nudges like, um, you really need to get going with this. Uh, you know, so she sat me down for a little bit and um and so I started growing my business even more. And um, so these nudges were to to focus more on this business of sharing this medicine, this pure vine and other um, other teacher medicines with the world. Yes, yes. Um, because obviously what I was doing before with my other job, it it wasn't my purpose. Yes, it wasn't in line with your principles and with <laughs> with all of these great things that were coming to you. Yeah, right. Many yeah. of us have been through this, by the way, this is going to resonate with a lot of people. And, you know, and, and for others, even, you know, so many people, we do jobs in our life, and we, um, we feel like it's not really in line with something that inspires us and something we feel truly connected to. And once we once we find ourselves, you know, in that position, everything changes. You know, uh, this is part of our well-being is to do the kind of work that really resonates with you. This is ultimately one of the things that's going to change this world for the better in a big, big, deep way. 
Yeah, the vine has helped me in so many different ways that um, I just, uh, I never thought because I feel whole and complete in myself. I'm not looking for um, so much, so much of my life I was um, told you look for love on the outside. Um, yes. And when I started being loving to myself, my attitude, my depression, my victimhood uh, started going away and amazing people started coming into my life. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just been, I, I've never felt whole and complete like this. And the love that our creator has for us is just unbelievable. There is no conditions to his love. Um, yes. And, and I had to emulate that um, in my own life. Yes. Of myself like he does. Well, the universe does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so how did you find starting to apply that, you know, that healed version of yourself and the lessons you learned to the people in your life to, you know, build back up that relationship with your daughter and to, um, to come to terms with um, the things that happened that you, you couldn't prevent because you didn't know about and forgive yourself and, and forgive others. Um, me and my daughter had to do this separately. Right. Um, because I felt like, um, and it's, it's perfect the way it happened. Um, because if she had been in my life during all this, in the last five years, I am not so sure I would have initiated the healing. Um, I think I had to lose absolutely everything that I loved um, to build myself back up. Sure. Um, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard. Yeah. It was hard. Um, but um, and I'm, and I still miss her, but you know, ever since ayahuasca, even microdosing, I is in my ear all the time. And right. he said, and she said, uh, let, let go, let go. And we are working on this. You can't control this. We are working on this. Mm -hmm. And I have faith that our relationship will be, um, will be better than it ever has been before. Yes. And that letting go uh, is far more powerful, you yeah. know, than, than, than it seems maybe at the time, because we've been conditioned for a long, long time that power is related to control and to forcing and all of these things. And, and we're learning to completely undo all of those, uh, all of that conditioning all of the things we've learned, we have to let go of that too. And it's strange when you start to realize that there is great power in surrendering. <laughs> Once we surrender, you know, we allow um, events to take place that couldn't possibly happen when we're trying to force and manipulate and, and make things happen, you know? Um, there's certainly time for action, um, but paying attention to this intuition that is a wisdom uh, that that is is just far more knowledgeable than uh, those tactics that we we tend to gravitate towards that are entirely um, a result of conditioning. And and it's important for us to to learn uh, the gift of of surrender and letting go. Right. We have our own separate paths. Um, and then we can come together once we're whole. Yes. And we're not acting out of our wounds. Yeah. And, um, and I think that that's so important. Um, before ayahuasca, um, 
it was a con I was in constant reaction mode after ayahuasca. Um, I can respond without reacting. Things do not get, um, I'm okay with not being able to control, you know, people or things. Yes. So um, how do you find, are you still in contact with people that are from your former life or not at all? Um, I went no contact um, with my parents about two years ago. My mom had said something and she's just acting out of her wounds. Of course. Mm -hmm. She said, Rachel, I think you knew the whole time her father was abusing her, but you just didn't do anything. And I said, at that point, (laughs) um, I was like, obviously you don't know your daughter very well. (laughs) And there was no convincing her mm-hmm. um, of, of anything. And so I went no contact because I knew that the sole lesson was, um, the sole contract was for me to find love within myself. Mm-hmm. and not from anybody else and she did that both both of my parents did that um i am so blessed to their souls but physically um like it's physical humans the lessons learned and i can move on and i can forgive because she's acting out of her own trauma yes of course and everybody, everybody who does harm like that right. is yeah their own conditioning comes into play and and that's what they're responding to and that's what they're living in and that's what allows us to you know to forgive and and the distance is a healthy thing sometimes when you have that you know person acting out of their wounds and you know sure it, it gives you a chance to you know to come to terms with it but sometimes it's a very healthy thing to to go into you know your own uh healing without that kind of continual um, distraction from it. Right. Uh, I, uh, and I, ha- it was hard because you know, I, I grieved my parents. Of course. Yes. Um, but and that's, also- that's totally healthy to, to grieve those relationships because yeah. you, you know, it's, it's, you have to acknowledge that that is something that, is changing in your life and it's a big one right um but i've I've, but i found strength in myself Mm -hmm. doing that (laughs) of course yeah yeah and and in a peaceful way you know there doesn't have to be this this huge acrimony you know sometimes in in yourself you know afterwards this is what i find with the people who i had to kind of move away from it didn't have to be, you know, one of these crazy, uh, big dramatic scenarios. Right. I could do it on my own, um, in myself, you know, with not those thoughts, with thoughts of, yeah, this is right and this has to be, and I know that this is important for me. Right. And and it and it's okay, you know. Um, and I've been in hermit mode. <laughs> um, just kind of um, taking care of me, taking care of my emotions so that, and my, and my guides keeps telling me, um, let all that go so we can bring in something good, something new, your soul tribe. Yes. And, and that's what I'm doing. I walk in faith. Yeah. Um, because... I know I didn't go through all that pain for nothing and there is a brighter side and I feel like I'm getting closer to it, but I know this work is never done. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And it it gets better. It gets better. Um, But I'm not so sure it's ever done. (laughs) Yes. 
Um, and, and, you know, coming to peace with that is okay too. And, you know, I mean, it can be said that it's never done, but it's always done, <laughs> you know, I mean, we've always achieved amazing things and we're continuing to do that. And it's where we're focused that, that determines, you know, our outlook about that. So, um, if we focus on our achievements, it's going to feel like we're constantly accomplishing and completing things. Um, you know, if we look at, at what we, what has yet to be, you know, completed, then sure, it's going to be work, you know, it's never complete. So we make a choice in that too. And, and either are valid, but uh, it certainly helps. And I'm constantly guided toward acknowledging the achievements so that it, it really does inspire you to move on. It doesn't seem like this never ending hill. It seems like, um, endless opportunities to improve things and, and to achieve things and to, uh, to, you know, open up to uh, wonderful things ahead that I might not have understood were possible before, because, you know, that's certainly part of this work as well. We talk about the work and how difficult it is. And sure, there are aspects of it that feel like that at times. But there's also uh, these wondrous gifts that end up arriving you know after we've we've done this this work and um it's important not to discount that it's important to uh, acknowledge those things and to celebrate them because they're amazing that sometimes there's things we could never have conceived of before you know we begin this work and and then and then it's just like you know wow there's so much more i, I wonder what's next you know it's like when i wake up every day it's like what, what good is going to come into my life today? I mean, just waking up being happy is such, such a gift, you know? Um, and for years, I never knew what happiness was. And, it, and I think it was being just content on who Rachel was. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is also part of, um, you know, being a, a better person for others as well, you know, um, self-love and practicing it and exploring ourselves is actually, you know, a gift that we give others who enter our lives. Um, how can we give love to others that's complete when we haven't completed our love for ourselves? And we teach them, you know, we teach others. Um, like my son learns about how to treat himself through his parents, um, just like we did, you know, or did not. <laughs> and so we, we see it as, you know, it, it can be seen as a selfish act, but it's not really, it's a very important one because um, this is what we shine out into the world. This is what we, this is a gift we give not only ourselves, um, but it's, it's something that we send out into the world. This is happening now. People are being good to themselves now. It's not this ever never ending payment toward others and, and never receiving, you know, there has to be this, this is part of the evolution that we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I believe with what's going on in the world today, um, with all the corruption, just different systems that are falling. Um, there's going to be a lot of awakening happening. Sure. In the next yeah. couple of years. And, um, um, and I feel like I've been through some of that. Yep. That um, I can help somebody else that's, that, um, that wants to join this way of life. And it, I think it all comes from just having hope that yes. something better is out there and that we can change our lives mm -hmm. and, and do good things, serving ourselves and be in service to others. Yes. Once we take care of ourselves, we can be of service to others. Well, clearly ayahuasca wants you to be of service by offering this vine and these other gifts to everybody, not just in the U.S. I mean, clearly uh, these most of these are legal just about everywhere because they don't have that psychoactive component technically, although 
um, I would argue that, <laughs> I would say that once you experience these, these gifts, these, um, these fellow travelers, uh, the medicines that we can take in small amounts to accompany us through this integrative process, um, you, you know, you can experience some pretty magical things and some pretty consistent um, support from these master plants. It's really quite amazing. It's just another fabulous tool to help us um, continue, you know, the whole journey because a ceremony is just the beginning. And then what we do afterwards is the really important part. It's the thing that's going to really change us. And, and sometimes we need help and, and these are incredible helpers and what a, a phenomenal um, path that you've been given uh, to offer this to everyone, to make it available to everybody. Yes, uh, Aya has, has helped many people. Um, I have several clients that um, are in the military um, that has found help with these mes with these medicines rather than um, allopathic type drugs. Mm -hmm. um, another lady has been able to almost get off Xanax that she's been addicted to for years. Um, she's finding um, she's finding that. Um, being able to sit with her emotions has helped her be able to release um, the emotions. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You said something really important earlier that you needed to feel it. And there's something inside of you that knew that. And a lot of the tools that are used by mainstream medicine are about suppressing this stuff. And I think there are times for that, you know, um, I can see now how healthy, I know how healthy it is for us to come to terms with this stuff by allowing it to surface and facing it and releasing it, like letting it go. And we have to do that consciously and we can't do that when we're suppressing it. Um, so it's, it's all a process, even the kind of medicine that, you know, that's still out there that we find is no longer serving us was part of this longer process of us changing. Mm -hmm. um, so as you say, you know, when, when it failed you, when you were fainting, when you got up to go to the, the washroom in the middle of the night, you know, these are gifts in disguise. A lot of the things that we see um, failing us, so-called, um, that's also a very victim type outlook. And, and it's also something that we're learning, you know, to come to terms with. These are all opportunities. We don't always see them as such when, when they present themselves in our lives because of the way that we're oriented. But changing that orientation can be a phenomenal thing. It can be such an empowering thing because we start to go, oh, wow, okay, I better pay attention, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I know uh, that this is an opportunity instead of, wow, this terrible thing's happening to me, oh no. You know, the same is true of all of these things that we see uh, in society that, that we feel no longer serve us, these institutions or whatever, you know, instead of railing against them and, and finding fault and all the rest of it, we can see that, wow, so this means there's an opportunity to build something different, you know? You don't have to be against anything or anyone. Find out what you're for, and then put your energy into that. You know, this is the peaceful way forward. This is the progressive way forward. Exactly. It's um, it's so good just to um, just to be present in life, and just to enjoy like all of God's beauty. You know, and I don't think that I would have been able to see all that unless I had a relationship with myself and my Creator. Mm -hmm. and it's just magical just just magical yeah and uh you know i just want to um revisit part of your experience um you know throughout my uh my journey of talking to so many people who have come to the medicine um from positions in their lives where they have been abused or 
uh, found themselves in abusive situations, either sexually or physically or emotionally or in any other way. Um, and, you know, this we have put up with in our lives, uh, many of us, unconsciously, a lot of this harmful behavior because it has been um, in some ways normalized when it's overt and then hidden from us. And that is what it's like to live an unconscious life, to not be fully conscious. And there can be, you know, I don't think that it serves any purpose for anybody to accuse one another of not being conscious. This is what we're growing out of. Um, there were things that I wasn't aware of that were happening to me. So I can fully <laughs> comprehend what it's like to not necessarily be aware of what's happening to another. Um, mm -hmm. An abuse of your child is like an abuse to yourself. And if we can be unaware of abuses to ourselves, I certainly was unaware of abuse to myself. Mm -hmm. So uh, we can certainly appreciate <laughs> what it's like to not be aware of these things. We live in a society that hides from so many of these realities. Um, it is part of our part of our past that we're shedding now. And it's it's part of this process that we're experiencing of awakening to it and coming to terms with it and then allowing it to go. Exactly. Um, I had to, I had to heal my childhood wounds because I know that um, I'm, it feels like I'm getting close, you know, um, to finding my soulmate my my the love that I'm meant to have but I had to go through those situations and those people to find out who I really am and what I deserve um and I know now um, what I deserve and and what I won't settle on because I know mm -hmm. my worth Mm -hmm. And until I healed those parts of me, I was going to keep getting, <laughs> and I kept getting um, those type of lessons. And I'm, sure. and I'm thinking that I'm getting closer to, um, to getting all my desires as, as far as a, like a soulmate relationship. Sure. And, and the relationships that we find ourselves in are a reflection of the wounds of the past as well. You know, we usually gravitate towards people um, who have wounds as well. And, and anybody who commits these acts, mm -hmm. anybody who is, who's, um, you know, is, is abusive to another person has very serious wounds of their own. This is our legacy. You know, this is something we're all carrying around with us. And, and it's our, um, it's our job in a way, you know, if we, if we choose to be healthy to, to start to heal this stuff. And now that people are doing it, this is what's going out into the world, this possibility of being in a different way. And there's so many of us that it really is changing things. And we don't have to be against anything. All we have to do is take good care of ourselves and start to explore the possibilities that are presenting themselves as we heal and moving towards what we do want. That's it. It sounds simple. It's not <laughs> always. And then sometimes it's insanely simple and we make it one way or, or another. And then we discover how we're making it not so simple and we change and it's an ongoing thing. <laughs> it, like through my whole journey, some of the time I was fighting it the whole way, you know, Sure. other times, you know, I was fighting it, but when I let go and just be, things just started going well for me. And I think that's part of the response trauma that uh, I was going through most of my life. And it's just learning how to just to be. Yes. Um, yeah. I identify with that. Absolutely. Um, I remember with this ongoing relationship with ayahuasca, there was constant, you know, guidance and lessons. And, mm -hmm. and it was just like this whole year, me coming to terms with what it means to surrender. And I didn't realize that I was 
fighting it. I didn't realize that I was even fighting this beautiful guidance that was granted to me. <laughs> and it seemed so wonderful. And I, I know I truly appreciated it. And I know that it that was felt. Um, but there was another part of me that was just in, in constant um, protection fighting mode uh, because of what I'd been through in my life, because that's what I felt was getting me through. And giving that up was a very difficult thing because there was part of me that felt like I was done for if I did, you know, <laughs> then I'd really get, you know, uh, uh, treated badly or, or then I, I had no defenses, you know, because, but what I discovered was what you're sending out into the world is that signal um, that, that kind of says that that is your life. You know, my life is, is full of those things that I have to defend myself against. And so life presents you with what it is that you are sending out into the world, you know, and I had to learn to let that go and to know that that was okay, good and healthy. And that that was the best thing I could have done for myself, you know, and it's, there are degrees you know, to it, and there are levels, and it's a continuing thing. Uh, but that was the beginning, and and it was quite a remarkable experience mm -hmm. to understand that and to start to, you know, to be in a different way. We're not taught like when we get married that you know we need to heal our own childhood wounds. So we don't pass this down to our children or we don't pick partners like, you know, our parents and just repeating the cycle and repeating the cycle. There are more opportunities now, you know, because of us discovering the things that we are. There are opportunities for all kinds of things. You know, we still have the opportunity to go in a different direction and, and not in a healthy way. I mean, those things are still possible, too. Uh, realizing how much has to do with our choices and and that our will is still very much alive and working in whatever direction we choose. So um, there's so much uh, of my past, and, and I, I know that I'm not alone here, that was about finding someone to blame, you know? <laughs> this is just a whole tradition that has been carried on for many years uh, for many of us. And and it's even played out in the, the, the politics that we see or don't. You know, I, I try not to see too much of all that. But, um, you know, this is very much a part of the, the way that we've been taught to be. And um, I remember when I first explored this whole concept of free will with, with this guidance that, that seemed to follow me home from the jungle. <laughs> and it, it came back to me that, yeah, sure, I have free will. And I'm using it all the time, usually against myself. So, you know, we, we have a choice in, in how we use that freedom that we're searching for outside of ourselves that exists within us. And turning within is the only way that we're really going to achieve that freedom because we've got to discover what it is that we're doing with what is, you know, freely given and a part of our existence. What are we choosing to do with it? And how can we change what we're doing with it so that it serves us better? Exactly, exactly. And this is what the masters mean when they say, you know, when they talk about us taking personal responsibility for our lives, mm -hmm. you know, this, this is not a shaming or a, mm -hmm. um, somehow putting us down. This is them introducing us to the idea that mm -hmm. we are creating our reality and we can do a much better job. <laughs> Right. All over my house, I've got vision boards and all kinds of things, you know, and, and, you know, hopefully one day those things will come true. Some things have come true. Um, and it's just like amazing, you know. So talk, tell us about that. Some of the things that, that have come out of, of these practices that you've engaged in. Just self-awareness, intuition. So what's a situation where you've used that intuition that has served you well in the end that helped you make a decision or move away from one? Like as far as people go? Yeah. Anything that happened in your life. You know, Sometimes it's good to put concrete examples to these things. My intuition is telling me the intention of some people 
and it may be that I don't need to be in their lives. They, we served a um, purpose for each other, but now it's, it's over and we've learned our lessons and that I'm okay with it. And at first, you know, I had to grieve it and it yes. was hard. It was hard. It was hard. Um, sure. Because, you know, it's people that I love. Oh, yes. I understand that fully. <laughs> but yeah. the angels kind of, my angels and my guides gave me the awareness of what was going on because I always felt like, well, it's me. It's me. That looking for someone to blame yeah. and, and pointing yeah. it back to yourself. Yes. And, um, and I realized hurt people hurt people. Yes, absolutely. So, and yes, because um, it's lots, and this is absolutely true. Right. And, and it's not something that I need to discuss with anybody. Just know that, and I pray, and I pray so hard that they will be able to awaken, but it's not my job to awaken them. Absolutely. Yes, that's love too. That's love in action. And that's also our respect for each individual's freedom to use their life as, as they choose. You know, um, we, many of us talk so much about freedom and that, that's a big, big part of it, you know? Um, and that, that's a big lesson for a lot of us is just, you know, butting out of that and, and allowing people to, to, to craft the life that they choose. That's, that's their right. And, and so is, our own and respecting that I think is, is a form of love. It truly is. Um, and something you said about, so I, I think what you're telling us is that the, the intuition, um, one of the concrete examples is uh, trusting your own intuition to know that, that, you know, moving away from people in your life, even family members, when you know, it's just not healthy um, is, is, is something that it helped you do. Um, to trust how you were feeling about it rather than the old idea. Oh, well, family's family. You gotta, you know, just be with them no matter what. And this is simply not true. You know, and it's not necessarily even a loving thing to do that. It's out of some misguided duty um, that, that really doesn't take into account the reality of the situation that you're in and they're in and, and, and where, what serves you best. And really what serves them, um, sometimes I get these messages in the night that are just, they're so clear and so powerful, so profound. It's like, it just wakes me up out of a sleep and, and it's loud, you know, I, I do have this voice that it's kind of with me. Um, and, and I think I get accustomed to it to the point where sometimes I dismiss it or don't even always catch it all the time. Um, but boy, you're in full surrender and sleep. And, and this message came to me uh, months ago and it was just so clear and so simple. It just said, love is the only truth. Everything else is lies. Mm -hmm. And um, afterwards I went through some tumultuous times, some really emotionally wrenching times in my life. And, uh, and at one point during this time that was so difficult, um, I, I reached out in my mind to whatever the source was of this particular message, whatever master was sending it to me and said, okay, so tell me in this situation in my life where I have to, you know, move away from a beloved family member, you know, tell me, tell me how truth applies here. Mm -hmm. And this voice said, well, that person loves you no matter what you are wrangling with right now. And no matter what, that personality and your personality is, you know, kind of having difficulties about underneath it all, the true reality of is it is they love you. That soul loves your soul. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth. And all the rest, all that fighting or whatever is, is that's lies. Yeah. So yeah. these family members that were, were, you know, having these challenges with, and they're real and they're, uh, they're guiding us. You know, they're guiding us into our own truth about ourselves and about um, what we choose. And choosing love sometimes is choosing not to participate in all of that. And then we're left with 
um, struggling with with the events that happened. And I guess this voice was helping me um, put it into perspective that no matter what's happening on the surface there, no matter how this person is acting out of their wounds, bringing up your old wounds so that you can heal them, um, underneath it all, there's love. Mm -hmm. Just just know that and everything changes and it's true. As soon as that came back to me and I asked, you know, I didn't continue to, uh, you know, to, to wallow in those wounds. I said, okay, so teach me then, you know, what a great message. Show me how that applies here. And, and this voice did, you know, and, and they always can. Mm -hmm. We just have to ask for it instead of getting so caught up in, in the wounds and in our struggles. Um, they're, they're going to respond, not always the same for every single person, but I believe when we use tools, when we intentionally um, use some tool uh, with the intention of connecting with that wisdom and saying, okay, I do invite you to guide me in this situation and in that and in my life in general, um, that they, they show up. And I think that, you know, these carrying these medicines with us and continuing to participate, you know, uh, and connect with that medicine, even in, in this different way. Um, is is powerful and has that potential, you know, to continue to receive those lessons. Um, I, I wonder, Rachel, if you'll share with us some of the stories that you've heard of this kind of thing happening with people who are using the medicines that that you're putting out into the world, sharing. It, it's just helping people um, come into their own power and and to know that they're worthy. It's helped a lot of people that has suffered from uh, depression or PTSD. And, I, and it's not like you take one dose and you're fine. It's, it's a process. Yes. And it's a repeating practice. Yes. So repeating practice. And that's how um, I have found it's just like, <clears throat> just repetition on my connection with source has um, made it so much better um, for me, you know, um, it's like, I'm like in my house all the time, just talking, you know, and, yes. and, and I get answers, I get downloads, <laughs> downloads of information and, mm -hmm. and that's just being connected. But a lot of my clients have found the same, um the same um serenity um and acceptance of self right um, yeah 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 it's a powerful thing our own intentions and oh, we yeah. we express them in different ways and when we when we continue the work with these medicines that is a, an expression of an intention to continue that work to continue to receive that guidance um, I think it's exceptionally powerful. And, and, you know, once you work with them, um, with these other plants too, uh, Rachel, you know, you offer a, a few of them, uh, Bob and Sana is one of them. Um, and we start to discover that, you know, there are all of these higher levels of consciousness, entities, um, masters, whatever word makes you feel more comfortable, willing to work with us, all we need to do is reach out and open up to that and say, yes, I'm willing to, you know, to do that. And, and it's amazing how they support you on this journey. Um, we, we all have these capacities to receive these, this wisdom and these insights, we just have to open up and, and to set our intentions accordingly and move out of that, whatever, um, whatever cycle that, that we're in that, that keeps us in a place of, uh, of habit and, and just reach out and say, yes, I, I recognize, you know, that this is happening and that I wish to get out and, and, you know, here's the ally I'm choosing to work with me. And it's really amazing what happens when you do that. All you have to do is ask and you will receive. Yes. So we've been told it's just, you know, I think we have some preconceived notions about how that's going to go down. And when you open up to 
uh, it happening in whatever way it will, uh, that this is so much better. <laughs> it really is. Um, one more thing that, that you had touched on that I, I think is really important to explore before we, uh, before we wrap it up is um, the idea of, of um, victim consciousness, victim mentality. This is something that uh, has come up often um, for me and for many of us who have had some not so nice experiences in our lives. And it's something that we learn too, you know, that's been passed down generation after generation. And it's really important for us to explore uh, what position we're taking in our lives. So uh, because the medicines introduce us to the idea of us creating our own reality, our approach to the world makes a big difference. And if we approach it from the standpoint of the victim, mm -hmm. if we have this idea and reaction in, in ourselves, this, if we take up that position in the world, that is the opposite of empowering. And it's important to be aware when that happens because this is something that's often developed very early in life, very, very early. So when we develop these, uh, these habits and we, th th there are whole sort of mental uh, positions to take up and emotional positions. They be, the, these sort of personas that we own happen and start to happen so early in life that it's really, it takes a full commitment to really become aware of it because it becomes so second nature. It, it, it's not always easy to spot. But when you open up to that possibility and start to explore it, uh, it's really a powerful thing to discover how often uh, a person can take up that position and and start to change that because a lot of suffering comes out of this um, and a lot of suffering is created as a result of it. So, you know, opening up to that awareness is really powerful, even just talking about it and exploring it in your mind and, and, and taking that away and saying, okay, I'm willing to, you know, to take a look at, at how that, you know, made it manifest in my life and, and how that's maybe something I revert to in my life mm -hmm. and, and see, catch yourself, you know, and be gentle and kind when you do, <laughs> of course, <laughs> and, and look at different ways that, that you can respond in this world, especially during this time. It's, uh, it's, it's not an easy time, but it, it can be an extremely empowering time. Rachel and myself and many other people have talked about how after our experiences with the medicine, we had to spend time by ourselves to, to start to make the big changes, you know, without all this outer distraction. So here's a time uh, that we can use to do that. And I know many of us are. And, and how that happens is, is entirely up to us. But just opening up to that possibility and using this time in this way can be a very powerful thing. And, and it is. So I invite you to, uh, to consider what tools you're going to use to help you through this period. And uh, Rachel, maybe you can uh, share some, uh, some of your information, how people can, can access the medicine that you offer. Well, my website is www.ayahuascamicrodosing.com. I have three different types of vine. I have uh, just the vine, and then I've got admixture of cat's claw with vine and Bob and Santa with vine. I, um, the Bob and Santa, um, really helped me heal my heart. That was the main one I worked with for probably the first year. And I, I've got a spiritual practice at, like every morning, the first thing I do. And, and if I don't get to do this, my day does not go the way I wanted it to. But the first right. thing I do in the morning is set an intention when I take the medicine. I think that that's so important on what like I want to work on for that day. Yes, absolutely. This is a very powerful <laughs> practice. And, and I mean, this has been in place in many spiritual practices for, for years, for centuries, for that matter, this setting intentions. And, you know, this is what these rituals sometimes were about. 
So yes, doing so with the medicine can be an amazing thing. And for those of you who would like to take advantage of a discount, we, we certainly have that available. So all they have to do is put the code in talks, right? Yes. That is the code that is set up for your listeners. Beautiful. So for the listeners who, who want to, to use this as, as their practice to help them integrate and you want a discount, just um, go to ayahuascamicrodosing.com. And when you buy any of these medicines, we don't call them tinctures because there's no alcohol involved. They're pure vine in liquid form. Just when you're purchasing it, when it's time to put in the coupon, uh, just put in the word tox and uh, you'll get that discount. And also I'm going to include the, the link so that you can take advantage of that below this recording. So I hope that your integrative journey goes well. Thank you, Rachel, for joining us today and for sharing your story and how you came to be called to offer these amazing medicines and sharing that with us so that anybody who wants to can take advantage of that too. Thank you so much, Rebecca. And I just really hope that people um, learn of this medicine and use it in their integrative journeys Um, before or after a ceremony. It really does make a difference in how you integrate. I'm sorry, I should have mentioned that too, that before you, when you're considering exploring ceremony and beforehand, it's really helpful to start um, with these drops just to introduce you and to begin that relationship. Powerful things have happened to many of us before we even go into ceremony. And adding to that possibility, that connection is, is really a powerful thing and can really help that whole process. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much. Take care, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more ayahuasca integration and personal growth content, please visit RebeccaHayden.com.